Hey everybody, in this episode of the MacGyver episode after show, excuse me, there, right there, we're going to be breaking down Season 1, Episode 13, Large Blade. Find out what happens when MacGyver has to capture lightning in a bottle, literally. Let's do it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Boom, boom. This haunts my dreams every day. That's right. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the Guy We're After Show here on After Buzz TV as we get ready for the, the sweet part of the, the theme song to kick in. There we go. And here it comes. Explosion. There we go. That's right. Uh, look at that. We're going to be breaking down, as always, we're here every week, breaking down every new episode of MacGyver throughout the season. And this is no different. We'll be breaking down, as I mentioned, Season 1, Episode 13, Large Blade. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter, at HappyGoJackie, and fresh off the boat. We've got Mike calling us. That's a <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, doing some work down at the docks. <laughs> You know, the ship came in, I got a chance to come over here. Uh, I am Mike Kalinowski. You can find me at Mike Kalinowski. Have <laughs> you noticed, like, this is the opening credits and it's still going. I love I it. I miss those days of all those shows, like A-Team and all these, yeah. Knight Rider, where they played the full theme. And they got all the credits. And I guess it's just a matter of, you know, screen time now. You've only got X amount of minutes for your episode. But it's something I, like watching these old school themes, you would almost kind of fill in yeah, what you thought the, the, the show the was theme. just by watching that. I, I think TV shows nowadays, they, they're they there because our new MacGyver has a cool theme and it uses that, the original, but then it brings its own in. And it, just when it starts bringing into the new theme, it's over already. I'm yeah. like, so, and I don't think shows like this ever release soundtracks. Some, some TV shows, when they go on for a while, they do release the soundtrack. I should say that a lot of times. Like, I know Arrow and Flash have soundtracks out. And hopefully if they do, I'll pick it up and uh, hopefully I'll hear the full theme. Because a composer, he's doing that work and it's great. I enjoy enjoy a good heroic theme score. I uh, I'm excited them. just to think of you just cruising down the highway, popping in the MacGyver 2016. Uh, people laugh like, well, I don't have a Bluetooth or whatever, you know, connect to your car, but my friend for Christmas just bought me. I didn't know this again. This show, I guess, shows how untech savvy I am. A little thing, I plug in this and I plug in my, you know, car and I tune it to a station and, and then it plays without the blue it's like bluetooth but it skips the bluetooth it's like gotcha AM FM receiver I don't know okay but I, I was just listening to Jason Bourne on the way here oh nice yeah driving down the highway and gets the blood going yeah I wish yeah. the movie had gotten my blood going I yeah it was a little about five six years too late yes uh, anyway, there you go. But we, uh, speaking of like heroes that uh, use both uh, the brains and brawn, we've got like yeah. almost like if you split Jason Bourne into two, we get Mac and we yes, get Jack yes, you would. There you go. Yeah, if you would, yeah, that's a good good analogy. Oh well, look at that. Well, thanks, Mike. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, so of course we're talking about this episode, and as always, we was like this to start big with, blade? Yeah, large blade. Large blade. Yeah, hmm. we start with them in action. Of course, they're busy wrestling a, uh, <laughs> a somebody that they've captured right. onto a helicopter to extract him from Kazakhstan. Yes. So, uh, and this guy is not going quietly. This guy, Did, Victor, Kazakhstan didn't didn't strike me as what I would think Kazakhstan to look like. No, it looks very, very very modern. Yes, it very very modern. Yep. But again, they're filming in Atlanta. They've got limited options, so they may do. Yeah. Uh, but it was interesting to see, like, uh, yeah, this guy just kind of give uh, him and Jack just trading headbutts. Which, oof, oh man, I uh, have you ever been headbutted? I, I've never headbutted, nor have I tried to headbutt. But I just I don't, don't think it would work very. They well. always say that that's better than a punch your your head that can take more than your fist can take yeah it's like if somebody throws a punch you're always supposed to like duck your head so that yeah or your... you know if you've got the option to either punch someone in the face or headbutt them headbutt them <sighs> I don't want to I no 
Yeah, but I feel it's, like the headbutt is like if done incorrectly hurts you just as much probably, as the person that you're probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no. So uh, they M- MacGyver is able to kind of uh, get him wrapped up in some of the tarp that's around there to kind yeah. of secure him more tightly since he broke his restraints. Get him on board the helicopter. They kept and they take complaining off. that he would, didn't bring enough zip ties. Yep. He is. What am I, Costco? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what I'd like is usually the, for for an episode like this is like just like the you're coming to the end of the adventure and then when we go to the opening credits we're going to be kicking off to some other adventure yeah but no this one right after the credits we're back in the action we're still in the helicopter they're still trying to get out of Kazakhstan yeah and uh, they don't make it because they get fired on by a couple missiles Got shot down with the lady pilot I like the lady pilot I yeah. like that character she she did great yeah uh, I think we'll be seeing her again probably I think she now. I'm trying to. I'm jumping ahead. We'll get to her later in the episode. I'm I trying thought. to think. It was was she wasn't like like um, his old girlfriend that's Sarah. now married Sarah, yeah. which was a different agency. She was she part of the Phoenix Foundation, and she was just, uh, Phoenix Foundation is so this this version of it is so nebulous. I, I'm not. They haven't set parameters that we know of. Yeah. Because clearly there's things where they can cooperate with the CIA like they do in the course of the episode. But then they also But they have, have their own team like like uh, last episode when they came into the hotel and mm-hmm. they realized, oh, these are our guys. Yeah. So they've got a tactical unit in there. So I would think they'd have a pilot for extraction and, and stuff like that. So they seem a little more militarized than the old school MacGyver's Phoenix Foundation, which was basically a think tank. And interesting. Yeah. You know, what is interesting is that we've never really seen the think tank side of it. Yeah, certainly we we hang out with MacGyver. He's our you know point of view character for the majority of the show. So we're following him on adventures, which takes him out of the Phoenix Foundation. But yeah. still, like Bozer, the whole idea of him being part of this whole Phoenix Foundation was that he was going to work in the think tank, right? Yeah, and yet we never see him actually he's, in it. He's not doing that. He's he's bugging Riley there. Yeah, he's always on her That's on like, her shoulder. You can't be constantly with them all the time. Right? <laughs> he's got to be doing stuff. some other stuff. I mean, it's, you got forty hours a week to be filling there. You got another job <laughs> you should be doing, right? Isn't that what we're paying you for? Uh, but of course, uh, what I do like is that I felt like that sec- they dodged the first missile. The second missile is, it seemed like it was just about there, yet MacGyver had enough time to get some of the, uh, foil, the, the foil blanket and then cut it up and to make chaff. Now, I, I, that was an interesting thing. I, it was called chaff. I always thought it was called chafe. I think well, chafe's have, isn't that what's happening well, with your pants? That yeah, you, you chafe your pants. Yeah. You, you chafe your leg. You yeah. know, I, I guess but, so. I just thought it was the same word. Uh, yeah, I thought it was spelled I, the same. C-H-A-F-F? Chafe? Yeah, chaff? I guess it's like, it's like read and read. Yeah, could be, or maybe Chafe is C H A F E, and this is C H A F F. Yeah, but I knew what it is. You know, yeah, it's the the helicopters and the planes always shoot it out. Yeah, you know, it's usually like phosphorus or something, and it distracts missiles and whatnot. And yeah, pretty cool. I mean, that was, yeah. cool. Threw it in the plane, the propeller, shot it everywhere. It worked out great. But uh, even though it doesn't get, it prevents them from getting hit from the missile. The the blowback from the explosion is still enough to to down the helicopter, which makes sense because if they got hit with the missile, they would have been in pretty bad shape. But if they're yeah. just getting the blowback from it, you know, like I'm like I'm a helicopter expert. I know <laughs> I know these things. You know, <laughs> if the tailwinds hit right and you've got that tail rotor going, you can land that pretty safely. That's true. Uh, now, of course, before they land, though, the other big drama, in addition, because I felt like. What's interesting between Jack and Mac is before they get hit by the missile and they're just in the helicopter when things seem to be going smooth and they're mm-hmm. just talking about, oh, wait, the new director who's taken over from Thornton is coming in. The Hun. The Hun. Uh, uh, Maddie the Hun. Maddie the Hun. Uh, who uh, Jack is not a huge fan of at all. They've, they've got a contentious past. And now going into this episode, before we probably should mention this, I was – uh, through Twitter, so the Hollywood Reporter, The Wrap. For those of you guys listening or watching those, they're trade magazines. They're kind of like, 
not even insider information, anyone can read them, but they're just about what's happening in Hollywood. And they had posted on Twitter that they had found her replacement. So I saw that and I was going to tell you about it. Because I didn't think, they just posted it this week, I didn't think she'd be, you know, into, into the episode. Because then all episode they're just talking about her. I'm just like, oh, they're casting her, they're bringing her on board. So then we saw, when we get to the end of the episode, yeah. what was going on. But it was interesting. So I knew a new character was coming on. But, uh, so then they start talking about it. I'm like, okay, that's usually the writer setting a character up. So maybe, and I thought in my head, maybe two, three episodes from now we'll be bringing her on board. Oh, true. So I wasn't sure. I thought it was interesting, though, that I feel like you captured this man. Yep. Uh, some whether terrorist or some kind of criminal type, uh, and yet you're talking about like the upper structures of your supposedly think tank cover organization. Right and there, you're just dropping names right there. Why would you be dropping it in front of a? He's this not guy? really. They're not really the most secretive, clandestine organization. Or these two are kind of the buffoons of the group. Almost seems like <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, you're what? throwing stuff out there. All the, like Jack last episode with the truth serums, just throwing it out there. Yeah, maybe again, maybe he thinks like ah, oh, this guy's going to be in jail with us. We're not. Oh, we got to worry about him. If they ever have a breakout at the Phoenix Foundation, they're screwed. That's true. They are screwed. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, so, of course, Jack is sweating it because he, I think he's also uh, a little rankled because he feels like he should have gotten the yeah, nod. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I was like, in my head, I'm like, would he want that position? But it's kind of his ego thing, I think. Like, he should be the guy. Yeah. He says the most experience put in and he knows the team and. I feel like it's – I can understand – it's weird. It's one of those things where you can set up as like an artificial drama for the character. But I feel like we as fans and viewers of the show know yeah. that they're not going to change the dynamic like that. So we know that's not even on the table. Right, right, right. Yeah. Change. Yeah, it seemed like – it just seemed more of of setting up the new character coming in. Yeah. Uh, Who just can't ever show up. We've got to have some kind of backstory there. Yeah, you know, I, I like as we get Ron talking about this episode, I just felt like last episode, boy, like – went on on such a high yeah 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 yeah. and you know certainly I can understand I mean you know you gotta reset the deck a little bit like that a big baby big budget episode or it, something like that so this yeah. is more of a bottle episode type feel you're in one little location basically the woods I mean they didn't even have to really pay for anything you get yeah. a permit and you're shooting on the woods it, it, it struck me as you know Walking Dead where the your, your episode back from your winter break is huge and mm-hmm. then you've got a couple episodes after that kind of recouping yeah, but if you spent your budget in that first one, which again they're allotted a budget per season, and sometimes episodes use a lot more than the others. No, I just felt like, and as much as I love the Jack and Mac relationship, this one I was just kind of like, eh, like none of none of their conversations really kind of like landed. For me, it was Riley and and um, Bozer. Their I don't know if it was their dialogue. They had a couple lines where I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I this did like- not land for me and I don't think it's from an acting point because I enjoy that you know I think what I th- what bugged me about that is that like last episode they used utilized all of them even though they were split up yeah, they still yeah, had yeah. Uh, Riley and Bozer together but they were on the, in the field doing something right right yeah. this one they were just confined back at the Phoenix Foundation just staring at a monitor yeah and looking at a computer screen they did nothing else and so I felt like that was I feel like yeah. when, when you sideline the two characters like that I feel like that kind of I don't know. I feel like they kind of just made the show a little like. Uh, I, I I think that leads itself to the fact of, you know, you can't have either of them in the field on that type of mission. They would not be there. Yeah. But now that Bozer is brought into this, you can't just have one character in the room looking at the monitor talking to them. You've got to have her, a person interacting, mm-hmm. or then it's just a person looking at a screen. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I see. It's almost like they've they, they they've written themselves into a hole in this episode and and. What we got is their solu- was their solution. Yeah. Which, 
for lack of a better term or lack of a better scenario, I don't know what they could have done differently. No, you know, it's yeah, I understand that. I, get, I feel like what they were so successful with the formula, the kind right, of just right, right. Re, uh, utilizing everything to the maximum last episode to come down to this, where you're like, hmm, guys, it like Max stuff to me really, um, his stuff made a lot of sense this episode. Like, he this to me seems like he's the ultimate boy scout and they're in the woods, so this to me was like so fitting for him it wasn't hey we're in this warehouse bad guys are coming what do i have and i can put stuff together this is like building the crutch out of you know parts uh, taking the dried wood to uh, the sat phone i mean we've all seen people do that they, they take their iphone stick it in a thing with rice yes. to to dry it out so stuff like that he was used really well max stuff I, I don't know about the whole end scenario yeah but yeah. I'm jump I'm jumping ahead. Oh no, uh so they of course they the the, the helicopter crashes. Uh they they all survive, but of course the pilot has had her leg uh her uh leg broke. Yep. So uh they need to kind of She's uh, in a little bad shape. Yeah, so she's not going to do well. They got to be able to uh you know, put a splint on that leg to make sure that it doesn't uh, cut the artery at all. Yeah. And then they got to be able to get her to some sort of extraction point. And hopefully they've got to still get Victor back cuz he's gotten away and Jack's lost his gun. Yeah, and Victor's got his gun too, so that's not good at all at all yeah so uh that added, that added a little more i was like okay that's you know smart you know yeah. it, it, it puts them at a disadvantage because they are at an advantage where there's at least two of them versus one now they're leveled level uh, they leveled the playing field out there so we say yeah and it was uh interesting because we keep cutting intercutting with uh riley and bozer just sitting there at the phoenix foundation watching and then we had those two other people from the think tank come in and i thought when the woman came in i thought that was the new character that was weird that was the scene i was kind of like I was like, "What? Okay, they needed a Thornton character in there. These two are. We're not going to see. The, we're not going to see those two characters again. We could. Yeah. They're, I don't remember if they had names. No, no names. They they just walked in, and I assumed that the woman was Maddie the Hun because we heard about the several and like. Well, see, I and I did not just because I saw her picture in the article that I was uh, reading. So I right. I knew that was not them, but they didn't strike me as important characters this looks like in the script it was probably agent one and agent two not agent jones and agent smith yeah they were so it just he because he didn't do anything he just was there yeah i think he said like a couple lines and that was it yeah and "Hmm, then she kind of she seemed really kind of bossy and like take charge but they didn't really do anything with her so i think they just needed again the thornton role but thornton would have usually popped in at that point to say stuff but yeah. they don't have Thornton, so that's what we got. It does seem weird that you're thinking like, all right, one of your top operatives and his handler, so to speak, or you know, so equally just maybe even your top two operatives, yeah. lost in the field with somebody they're trying to bring back with a down pilot. It just felt weird. It felt weird that other than that, those two agents coming in, it's just Riley yeah. and Bozer just by themselves. You know, that brought up a great point because they did talk about it a little bit in this episode, and again, I think this goes back to how we kind of you know play oh well, this would have been better Thornton was the one that brought Riley and Bozer in or okayed it mm-hmm. and now here they are having basically carte blanche I mean that shows a lot of faith in <clears throat> the Phoenix Foundation but I think we should have had some episodes of them dealing with the repercussions of it like yeah like Jack would have been fine I think Jack's record probably pre Phoenix Foundation was great uh, I think and I don't remember because I know the original MacGyver Thornton brought MacGyver in 
like he didn't he was not military he was not anything he was just a guy and he brought him in to help them and he kind of was like a free agent and eventually they went to the phoenix foundation and, and you know that so i don't know if macgyver was a matt uh, was a jack thing bringing in or if he was a thornton thing and i'm trying to remember and i don't i think because the pilot started they were already working yeah we kind of came in because yeah. they already had like the Cairo job. Yeah, and all yeah, that stuff yeah, yeah. So they, they've been going for a while. So, yeah. but I would have loved to have seen some fallout from this woman that who knew to the to the whole these Bozer Riley. Well, okay, these are these are Thornton picks. Yeah. Why are why, so now they have carte blanche and they mentioned it. Yeah, Bozer like mentioned. Yeah, it says like, hey, like hey, what's going to happen to us? We're going to lose our jobs because you know we, we were being looked at. Because I would have loved to have seen a little bit more. Hey, my like these two are trapped out in the field, guys. We got to help them. It's like no, you you're you're in these interrogation cells. We're we're dealing with this, you know, debriefing for this is gonna take forever. Yeah, and then you know, I think that would be a little better. I, well, I that could have heightened stakes. Yeah, because that that would at least give them something to do as yeah. well. Because them just sitting around with when it does seem weird for them to name check a potential consequence and then it never rears its head yeah. at all. I'm like, okay, yeah. Sure. A lot of trust there. Yeah. Unless that or this agency is uh, loosey-goosey, as they say. <laughs> no, no checks and balances with this agency. Well, it must be. You had a, what your top one of your top leaders there uh, you know, be working for the, the opposition. Unless it's, a, unless it's a flip over a flip over. Mm. I don't know. I guess, yeah. I have to, uh, have to look up, do a little bit more deep digging we on what happened. See. What happened to the uh, – yeah, Thornton. <laughs> What's her deal? Uh, so, of course – they're, uh, what they decide to do is that after uh, Max splints uh, the uh, the helicopter pilot's leg, mm-hmm. everything's fine there. Uh, they still need to get Victor, though. So, And they, in the meantime of all this, Jack is doing his thing, flirting. Yeah. Flirting, flirting again. Always flirting. Like a horn dog. Yeah. Last episode, he's, you know, love of his life is getting married, and now he's, you know, maybe putting the moves on this girl, who's married, by the way. Yes. Uh, yeah. not good. But we don't know that at first. We don't find We do that. not. Well, well I, they talk about it eventually. Yeah. And then the episode. Well, wait. Do, do we not find until the end when she when the husband comes in? They and find. I think they find out before that because didn't she she mention about something where he's waiting at home or there was a little backstory about the guy. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, because uh, I know. I mean, Jack kind of follows up on why he didn't say anything at the end of last episode when Sarah's getting married. Yeah, and she looks out to him in the in the crowd. We've heard you know you can speak now for overall Jason yeah. and he doesn't. The look. Yeah, and he says you know that's just bad luck that you're inviting upon yourself <laughs> if you, it, you know, right, 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 right. takes a moment away from the guy she's supposed to be marrying. So, yeah. all right, I respect Jack's decision there. Yeah. Uh, but they decided to still only get get Victor, but Victor's men are also looking around for them. Uh, and of course, the pilot uh, can't really be very mobile because she's got a broken leg. Yeah. So. Uh, what do we do? do? Does Jack go after Victor and leave Mac with the woman at the helicopter pilot? Mm. But can he take out a bunch of those uh, those men with guns? No, probably probably not. Jack's probably the better call for that. So, yes. seemingly, uh, yeah, very unbelievably, I think Mac's going to go after Victor, who's you know super like it's just a brick wall. He's a big guy, but he's been injured from the crash, so at least you know Mac right. can you know, equalize see, it. That was kind of cool as, as they're tracking him. They notice like his he started favoring one leg and the mud imprints because his weight and stuff. So it's like, okay, those are cool little things that they're doing. Yeah, for as much as they built up how dangerous this guy was, and like, well, Mac, I, this is weird that you're going by yourself for this. You, could, you right. know, uh, He took it down pretty easy, and he was just brought right back, and then that was it for the rest of the episode. <laughs> well, I did like that. He was doing the, the pulling the strings and dropping different things to distract him, and he comes up with a giant log and cracked him. <laughs> <laughs> cracked him. But it, it, I thought it was like a big leap from cracking him, pulling the gun, and then all of a sudden having him bound up, gagged, and dragged back to the other thing. Like, yeah, that was a little weird. Come on, dude. You could run. Like, even though you're bound to gag, you could still run. Just You'll be pulling Mac with you with those strings. Yeah. 
so Victor gets taken out pretty early, and he just has to just basically sit around. Yeah. Uh, and they realize that uh, they uh, Bozer was able to get the CIA to kind of send out some Blackhawks to do some search, and they're doing a grid search for them. So yep. that was kind of interesting to watch all the yeah, the, cool. the grids turn from white to dark as they've uh, read as they've searched that area. Yeah, and that area is getting redder and redder, and they still haven't found those guys. And they've you know the cell phone, of course, as you mentioned, and it, they found at this point a storm. The storm's coming in. Yes, so we've got this imp- impending storm, huge. The Blackhawks are doing the search; they can't find them, so they've got all these different elements working against them. But uh, they now Mac was like when he ran after them, right? Like, to, didn't he say we got to find these Blackhawks? Yes. So he, he took off running to signal them. And Bozer, of course, was like my boy Mac, he'll find a way to signal them. And it seemed good because he was going to use the Swiss Army knife and try to reflect uh, the sun to kind of you know send out a little signal. Here to, which, <sighs> wow. yeah, I did like you know storms the, coming. But the clouds parted. Nah, just that moment I know. Right there. I saw that. And I was just kind of <laughs> like, well. but that also seems weird to me because Mac he runs for a while. He books it. Yeah, when he realizes the helicopter's done, they've got to try to contact them somehow. So he leaves yeah. Jack and the helicopter pilot behind and runs for a while, gets to this open field, starts trying to do that, and then Victor's there starts firing. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Jack is right there as well because you know uh, the helicopter pilot, she's starting to go into hypothermic shock. Right. But like, how the heck did Jack – man, Jack got there pretty quick and was able to find him right away. Yeah. You know, it's – it was hard to keep track of geography in this episode. Yeah. That was what was tough for me because, like you said, distances and how far were this and that. And, I, you know, that could be an editing thing. I, I don't – that editing could really set your pace or set your tone for this, how far they ran, how far this is, how far that is. So it really was just kind of like you just did show up and kind of like – Yeah, because, I mean, certainly – I mean, Jack did name check the fact that he's been through a lot of wilderness training yeah. so he can, he, can, he can track with the best And that makes sense. He, he would have that kind of yeah. stuff. But it still seemed awfully fast for him to all of a sudden run as far as Mac did and be like, oh, Mac, we need you right here. We got, we got to go back. Yeah. Leave Victor behind. Mm, okay. Uh, but they do wrestle in Victor. Mac does get that, so they bring him back. Yeah. Uh, but they realize, hey, uh, by starting this fire that we needed to uh, keep the pilot warm, we've kind of blown the battery. Blown the battery. So the phone is working now. Yes. But our ba- the phone – right, they found the phone was fine, but they blew the battery because of the charge to get the, the fire going. So they need to uh, get lightning in a bottle, so to speak. And uh, Mac has the idea of like, hey, it's rain. It, the thunder and lightning are coming. Right. Why don't we do the old school Ben Franklin thing and just uh, get ourselves some lightning? That's ballsy. I, I want to know just how how true that is. I mean, well, of course, I mean, this show does really well about scientific research. So right. clearly they're not faking this. But that still seems. Oh, well, Ben Franklin did it. So, But he didn't have the kite. Did he? he he just kind of – it was the static in the air they were talking about, right? Because remember – Yeah, because he also had like an extra line that led into yeah. this thing. But but the, – which is oh, – I can't remember the name of the jar. But it's basically you just take a, a, a container. A mason jar? Mason jar, and you fill it up with uh, uh, water, put in some salt and some weeds and some rock, and then you wrap it up in metal. Uh, and then you put like a big stake, a metal <laughs> stake through the top of it on the lid. All and right, it, and it becomes like a lightning rod, so to speak. Okay, I'll, I'll take the word for it. I'm not gonna try it. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna try it. <laughs> uh, but they do that, and they run out into the field. Jack says, "I'm, I'm coming out with you too." It's like you know. I did like the the tension building with the the stuff. You could, they could feel the static in the air around them and stuff like that. That was kind of cool. Yeah, but I felt like the dialogue there was really lame between them. It's like you know, like anything. Our last moments, the things like, "What do you want me to say that I love you?" Like, no, I don't love you either. Like. That seems so corny. Like what? There, there was that was one episode part, and then there was a, a Bozer Riley exchange where I'm just kind of like, oh, this is, I don't know, this, 
I, I haven't been taken out of an episode before with so far yet with with interchanges of dialogue between the characters. And this was a couple times in this episode where I'm kind of like, huh. Yeah. Yeah. I because, you know, it's like why, why couldn't they have just like said like, you know, hey, you know, still in that high tension mood. But tell him that, you know, hey, Jack says, you know, I, I love you, buddy. You know, whatever happens. Yeah. You know, like, what is it like? Uh, what do you want me to tell you? I love you. Oh, I don't love you either. Like, why? Why not just say that you guys love each other? Yeah. Your buddies, your bros, whatever. I think it's that, you know, trying to be uh, what what they would think tough guys would say to each other. But. Ugh. Yeah. I just felt like oh. that. Ugh. Oh. <laughs> God, a, tell us how you really feel there. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That's been the first time. Because usually the Jack and Max. That's what I'm saying. Usually things. they're the best stuff. Yeah. And I'm curious. I, well, keep talking there. And I'm going to look up the writer and see what we got there. Who wrote that episode oh, sure. compared to the other ones. Let's so, do that, yeah, shall we? Yeah. This has been my, my weakest Jack and Mac episode so far this season. But Very like, much so. It, did, it didn't. Their dynamic did not ring true. Which you usually. Even if the episode's not that great. Their stuff is usually really good. Mm-hmm. Very And true. heartfelt. Yes. So that's interesting. I'm looking that up right now. I'm still getting to this. Here. And the other convenient thing too is that mm-hmm. yeah, as they're talking, you know, the, the ions in the air are kind of you know yeah. building up there. But I just like that as soon as they put the bottle down and they just start running away, the lightning strikes immediately. It was just so great. Like, yep, right. I guess like would it happen that fast? I have no idea. But lightning strikes a couple times and then they take back that lightning in a bottle. All right. They charged a bottle of uh, water and stuff back to the pilot, and they use part of her flight uniform to then Which make the cool. lead, yeah to make the leads from the water to the uh, the cell phone to power it up so they can send GPS signals back to the uh, and it worked yeah look at that they're able to make that happen so let's see here episode I, I hope that though everything that Mac used this episode I hope that you have packed in the trunk of your car in case you're <laughs> stranded out somewhere and yeah. your, the battery of your cell phone is dead and you still need to get in touch with people let's see here Large <laughs> Blade was written by oh well well, it says it's the creator. Oh, they, Andrew Carroschler. No. I'm, I'm probably butchering that name. I apologize, Andrew. And, but it says the series. Okay. Okay, there we go. Well, he was the guy that wrote it. Let's see what else he Let's see me see. If, I want to see if he wrote any of the other episodes. No, oh, just because he just wrote the one. Oh, nah, uh, Andrew, I mean, I wish you well. I just felt like this one, you didn't quite capture the voices. I think it seem, seems like that's just the one he wrote. Yeah. Right All right. Uh, uh, yeah, well, let me see here. I'm sorry, guys. Yep, he only wrote the one episode. Okay. Man. There we go. Right. That's, his, that's his episode. There, well, there we go. So we know it. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see if this guy writes another one. To yeah. see what it is, to see, you know, and again, a lot of these shows they have their core writers, and it's a writers' room, and not usually if you're writing one episode, you're not writing the next, mm-hmm. and they all take turns. Uh, um, so maybe this might have been he might have been brought in. Maybe this was his first. Well, obviously, was his first one, but maybe um, you would think that writers always watch what's come before all you know twelve episodes before to get a feel. Yeah. But maybe he just didn't have a, a handle on the characters. Yeah, you told like if you get it'd a second chance. Yeah, so like, we'll, oh, it'll be interesting to see. Okay, I'm gonna we'll be able to we'll be able to track that. Yeah, yeah it is interesting. Writers that can come right out of the gate and just kind of nail the tone of the show, and then others that usually they're sometimes are second go at it. They kind of like yeah, oh, it's right, right. No, like I, I always know my friends that are writers. They if they want to write on a show, whether they they go about it is they'll write what's called a spec script, and they'll you know they're not getting paid for it, but they're taking 
in hopefully they've watched the show because every character has such a distinct voice, especially if it's been on two, three seasons, and you turn that in, and that's a matter of oh, did they did the characters sound like the characters? You know, mm-hmm. that's do the relationships exist, and then you might get a chance to write a script. So this guy, I, he might have obviously was not from the beginning because this is his first one, but maybe he was uh, a script proofreader you know maybe he was an assistant then he's being brought in you yeah. know so we'll see because a lot of the guys on that list have six or seven episodes and he had one so oh. interesting we'll see well andrew yeah andrew we'll see what we're looking forward Fingers to your next crossed. one yeah absolutely <laughs> so uh of course they're able to get the coordinates to the blackhawks just at the same exact same exact moment that victor's men pop up with that giant truck yeah this is yeah. it man uh and jack wants to run but max says this is the coordinates if we run from here they're never gonna yeah. find us Got to hold their ground, and they only got two bullets left in that gun. Yeah. Because Victor was shooting wild. <laughs> Turns out we never have to find out exactly what's going to happen because the Blackhawks are there to save the day. They do. And boom, there we are back in the States. We're back at the Phoenix Foundation. Everybody's been bandaged up. The The helicopter pilots have been briefed. Scott, her husband or boyfriend, yep. comes and gives a hug. Because I, I felt like the way Jack reacted in that scene made me think like he did not know because then it felt like another example of a woman that he has some sort of attraction I, I don't know why with. I thought that they mentioned it I couldn't didn't she tell the story about Iraq she was a pilot in Iraq and she would always have to leave him yeah maybe am I not thinking I wasn't watching anything else last night I don't know I, I can't I could have sworn that. she I could have sworn that was like a conversation they were having like that she leaves and you know he's always there yeah. I could be wrong maybe in my head I'm just giving a backstory to this family I don't know that I, this girl has because the way Jack reacted he's like oh jeez again Hey, that's what he seemed like. Mac like, needs uh, Jack needs to stop, um, you know, eating where he goes to the bathroom. That's old <laughs> saying. Get out of that. Stop dating these chicks, man. I know it's your type, but you got to go, you know, go to the find a barista or something. Well, it's interesting because we had two episodes like that, Sarah, and then this con- this whatever connection was with the helicopter yeah. pilot. What happened to Riley's mom? Because that was like some kind of connection that they had. Riley's to. mom and him. Yeah, because they uh, they dated, and that was the reason that uh, uh, Jack originally left. He thought that. Yeah. Uh, Riley was getting too attached to Jack, and he wanted to. He he went. He's like, no, I don't want that, and so that's why he yeah. bailed on them. But then they got reunited during the course of that episode, and they felt like at the end they said like, yeah, I, not that they wanted to get back together, but right, they, right. you know, the doors open to just see what would happen. Yeah, and we've never mentioned that again whatsoever. So like, why even have that scene if you're not going to follow up? That's always seemed again. That's a question for the writers' room. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, all right, we'll see. Uh, so they get back, uh, they brief him, but the whole course, as we were talking about this whole episode, uh, you know, we got to meet Maddie the Hun. And Maddie the Hun. Everybody except for J- Jack is like, man, she's worse than everything you think of. And everybody else is like, no, nah, she's going to be cool. It's yeah, be man, cool, what man. if it's cool? What if she's cool? What if she's awesome? Yeah. He's like, nope, nope, she's not. She's not going to be awesome. Now, didn't they say there was a reason he didn't like her? Or did we not find that out till the very end? He said, yes. I, well, at least at the very end, that's when he says, you know, he does not confirm, but... Bozer says you were you got fired from the CBI because she said like yeah, she's yeah. the reason I left the CIA yeah, like, yeah you get yeah. fired you get fired and he's like no 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 yeah, I wasn't fired no. can't talk about it yeah uh, but uh, she said, everything that you think of it's even worse and I know Bozer's like oh I wish I would have worn a tie wouldn't have helped <laughs> yeah and uh, in comes Maddie and uh, she is a she she is a little person and to me first of all very surprising right? because like I had said I had. Was reading the whole article on Hollywood Reporter about this. They had, you know, uh, actress, you know, her name. Mm-hmm. I actually have it right here. I'll pull up that whole, the, the, t- the headline of the article. It says, you know, MacGyver taps Meredith Eaton to replace Sandrine Holt. 
because we can go to Hollywood Reporter, and it showed two pictures of the actress, uh, one picture of Meredith, one picture of Sandrine, both from like the head to mid chest. And that was it, you know, very two very similar ethnicities to the two girls. Yeah. Uh, so they're sticking close to that. But w- what I loved reading in the article was no mention of her uh, being a little person. You know, usually I find um, in, in uh, trades when a character's coming on, uh, a lot of times when like a, a deaf character is a deaf actress is coming on, or uh, maybe an actor that is confined to a wheelchair or something, that they always feel like they need to put that in the article. Like, look what they're doing. Good yeah. for them for Kat. And this was made huh. no mention of it. So when it happened on the show, I was surprised, but I was also to the Hollywood Reporter and all these magazines that did that. I was impressed because it wasn't trying to play a card, you know, like, well, look what they hired, you know, someone with, a, you know, uh, different than what, you know, uh, a normal actress is playing up that, that, um, I don't know, I don't know the wording for what I'm trying to get to, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it was just, hey, this is another actress, which is what every actor, whether it's, you know, I know there's, I know there are whole unions full of actors with disabilities that are always fighting for equal treatment uh that was a not that it was a, a made of a joke but on seinfeld they hold you know they were had those um making all those characters uh, had the union and, and all that but i know there's you know actors with blindness and deaf actors that are always fighting for equal part you know be, to be treated equal like mm-hmm. every actor and i think that's great i think this actor they're not addressing it it's not an issue it's not it's just this was an actress that they liked wanted to work and they put her in the role. Yeah. And she commands a room when she walks in. There's no and question. And she did, like, yeah. So, I, and you know, it's interesting for me. I have to give my hats off, and I think it's it has to be. It has to be the casting director. Yeah, because for sure. Because I'm sure the role was written, tough-ass, chick, take-no-crap, ball-buster. That was probably what the breakdown said. You know, maybe late 30s, early 40s, any ethnicity. That was probably what it said on the breakdown. That casting director... I'm going to do some research for the next episode. I want to do it now to see what else she's been on and who's cast her. Right. Because obviously the cast director likes that actress. Because she's like, you know what? I'm going to take a chance on this. I might get snickered at by the producers or they might love it. Mm -hmm. And it worked. They got her. So it's like hats off to the casting because that's the one. They're the one going out on the line picking it. Or the producers could have worked with her before. Yeah. Like like what's the guy? He, He I don't know his name, but he was on the first CSI. He's William Peterson. No, no uh, yes, but he's the the medical coroner guy. He has the canes. Oh right, yes. He walks with the canes, mm-hmm. and that's his. He's had that his whole life, not yeah. his whole life, but you know, and that was incorporated into the show. It's just, I love stuff like that being you know in this industry, and, and when it's it's not about anything, just the best actor for the role. Yeah. Uh, and it was interesting because in a situation like that where you're always talking about this new boss, this new boss, yeah. and Jack, of course, talking about how you know how terrible she is, how just intimidating, tough, right? Like, you know, she once hung up on Putin, and Putin went back to apologize. <laughs> uh, now that again is the writing, and I just was like, it's so topical with Putin. I'm just kind of like, yeah. oh, really? <laughs> Do we got to throw that in there because it's so prevalent it's, with what's going on right now I'm just this like, show's happening Putin? right now man it's happening outside uh, yeah I get it I get <laughs> I get the point of it but I was just kind of like yeah, but when they do something like that, you always wonder what, how they're going to present it. Is the person that has the big issues? Right. Does everybody else realize, like, this guy's a crazy person because what is he seeing? This person right, right, is right. delightful. Yeah. Or do they play it like, no, he's absolutely right. Oh, and she's, she's ball more, Yeah. Yeah. 
Gosh, she's way worse than we thought. Came in, leather jacket on her, a little tough, you know, getting down to brass tacks, mm-hmm. as it says. Um, I don't know, like you know, it's interesting. It's a very interesting take to me. It's it's um, Sandrine Holt had a v- completely different dynamic from this actress. Not even not even a stature thing. It, it just yeah. Sandrine was more kind of. She wasn't a ball buster. She was just kind of. I I don't know how to describe. I, you know, yeah. it, it's kind of. I, I don't want to say vanilla. That's not a. That's not the word I want to use. Um, for her, in chargeness. No, but it was also like what you see with this character is that she will bust some chops, but she'll yeah. also smile and lighten the mood and let everybody. Because at the jump. very end, there that last, yeah. like you already have some fun. Yes. Uh, with a nice smile on her face, and you feel like Thornton is somebody that never would like. Right. She was a very. By the book, yeah, not 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 personable. This girl, this character seems like there might be a little more personality there. Yeah. Maybe it's not, but like uh, maybe not all business. Like I, I, this okay. This is what I. She seems like the kind of character that is willing to bend the rules to get the job done. Whereas Thornton was by the book. This mm-hmm. is what it is. Like I could have seen back when. Um, What's Max Girl's name? Not Amy. Um, uh, Sarah. 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 Uh, we're, we can't tell Thornton. She will disavow this, this and that. I could see this new character going, you, you got me against the wall. I can go do it. All right. Go go help, go get her. Go yeah. get her. I'll like, stall for you as best I yeah, can. All right. Give you guys 48 hours. You, you, you get busted. It's on. Yeah. You're, you're, we're both screwed. So don't look this up. So I, I, I'm interested to see where this goes. She's a, she's a little firecracker. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that that uh, they said, all right, you ready to have some fun? And that brings us to the, the end. A little episode. wink yeah. and a nudge. That to me is what I liked, and it just hit me now. This show and and MacGyver and a lot of these shows in the eighties, they had that. Nowadays things get too serious, and I like a show like this because it lends itself to it. It's kind of a wink to the audience, a wink and a nudge to the audience. It's like this playful fun. It's like yes, it's our world, and and we're high stakes with danger. But it should have that playful wink. It should be not not winking at the audience, say, "Hey, look what we're doing." But yeah. like, we know this is you know heightened reality a bit, and, and let's have some fun with it. And I think this character, <laughs> maybe this character, is going to bring some fun to it. I hope so, because uh, for as much as Thornton you know, was fine, and they really built her up, like you know she's you know such a badass uh, yeah. in the field and everything, we never really got much of her personality. I thought. I don't know. And the, the new girl, the uh, new character. No, Thornton. Oh, Thornton, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, we had 11 episodes with her. Yeah. And we didn't know any backstory. And so, I felt that, that kind of soft, that didn't make me so, like, really appreciate the, the twist where she's all of a sudden now she's. I, yeah, you know, guys, I mean, I tried all week to, to, to find a reason why they replaced her. Whether it was an actress wanting to leave, a the writers not knowing what to do with her, or just kind of staled out. Uh, I'm very curious to see because. You can't. You cannot just start writing Thornton like you wrote this new character. No. You just go. You know, what? we're just going to kind of do a one eighty switch with this character, and now all of a sudden Thornton's acting in a way that we haven't seen for eleven episodes. You can't do that, and it sucks that the actress. I mean, she didn't lose her job. She can still be a thorn, a thorn in their side. A Thornton in their side. <laughs> which I would hope so. I want to see turn her into a big bad. Yeah. Turn her into like the 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 you know the. the you know, get rid of not get rid of him, but, but what they're trying to do with Murdoch, yes. where he's always there. No, make that Thornton. Make Thornton be the. I've been playing you guys all along. I know everything, 
and my you know that's what I would like to see with her. Yeah, because I could see like them writing the show and thinking they've got Thornton and everybody in place, yeah. and then just realizing you know like this iteration of this type of character is just not working for us. So right. why don't we take her off? Much like you said, we'll bring in a new person yeah. where we can introduce her however we want. Right, right, yeah. Because again, they were. It's interesting. They were they went with the Thornton role. They switched the the gender to female. Um, but that Thornton was not anything like the original. The, the original was they had a much warmer relationship the two of them oh, because Thornton was the one. The, he worked for the D the DMX I think it was called was the original season one and the Phoenix Foundation came in season two. Oh, but okay. Thornton brought Mac with him because he was much more of a government agency than the, the D, DMX I believe it was. F- Phoenix Foundation was privately funded mm. think tank more kind of we're not a military we are an organization to do good. Okay. Uh, so they kind of just took the name Thornton and went with it. Because the original Thornton relationship was a much warmer buddy relationship. That'd be interesting yeah. to see how. And I, I, I like to, I think it's going to, a prediction, we can do predictions here. Want to do a prediction right yeah, now? Yeah, I guess we'll be right at the end of this episode. Yeah, why don't we just do a little prediction? Then? I see her and Matt getting along great. And it rubs uh, Jack the wrong way. <laughs> well, I do like how she how she name checks him, uh, paper ch- paperclip boy. Yeah, hey paperclip boy, put that down. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I yeah, I want to see the two of them really getting along, and like, yeah, I, I would love to see that dynamic and to see it irk. Because then one of the our missions is gonna be like, man, you're my buddy. What are you doing? Yeah, that's the enemy. Like, Jack, come on, man. She's like, cool. she's not that bad, man. She's you know, <laughs> she's this and that and this and that, and you know. I, I think that would be a really cool dynamic to see going on there. I'm curi- I'm curious. This is kind of cool to see how this interaction is going to affect all four of them now. Very true. Are the girls going to get along like her and Riley? Are they going to, you know, bond? You I know? feel like there's got to – I feel like we're the next episode that we're back in, uh, the show's not airing next week, so we'll have that off when we come back. I feel like there's got to be an episode where uh, good old Maddie the Hunt is giving Riley and Bozer the, the third degree about – because I feel like you got to tie that in with Thornton. Just I, well, kind of I would have thought that happened in this episode, but it didn't. But maybe I, – I don't – yeah. It, you know, hey, look, here we are talking. Like, okay, what's going to happen now? That's a good place to be middle of their season. We don't know. It's bringing new tension to it. Yeah. Which, it was kind of status quo there for a while. And maybe it doesn't have to be like the thrust of the episode where they're being interrogated. But at least there's a scene while they're setting up that she kind of like – Interrogates them while yeah. getting them set up for the next mission. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I could see I could see Bozer trying to be the flirt with her. Like back back off, Romeo. I, this ain't working on me. This ain't working, Romeo. Yeah, I I gotta. I just want to see. Like, I I predict that we're gonna see. Let's see the think tank lab by the end of the season. I'm gonna throw the prediction out. We're gonna see the think tank. What lab. is it like? It, it, I have my idea of what a think tank is when I read about a think tank. I picture a bunch of scientists in a room just cooking up ideas. Yeah. But um, this Phoenix Foundation, again, it's very different from what I'm used to in the MacGyver universe. It was always a group of people just out to do good in the world, where this seems like it seems like an NSA, FBI, CIA. It seems like that's because those all groups have think tanks, you know, CIA. They've got rooms of scientists thinking up inventions and gadgets and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it's more probably for defense than it is to do betterment in the world. But I, the original Phoenix Foundation was such a great idea because it wasn't tied to any, you know, government agency. It wasn't beholden to anything. They were just for the betterment of man. Any place you've got this, like, oversight that oversees it. Yeah. You're like, what's this deal with this oversight? What's that? And that is, they're very mean? much, oversight is over them. Yeah. They've got Black Hawk helicopters. They've got pilots. They've got, SWAT, you know, tactical teams. So it's, 
It's a different animal. But again, we're a different place now than we were 30 years ago with the, with the other MacGyver. It is a very different world. That's true. So they're, you know. Oh, man. And, uh, but I feel like this is a show since, you know, the one thing that the producer is uh, with uh, executive produced by the person overseas Hawaii Five-0. And they're a great job that they do a great job on that show that anybody that's introduced, yeah. they don't forget. So they are often brought back later seasons. That is very true. Yeah, Storylines yeah. and stuff. So I feel like Thornton is somebody that taking she's off like this. She's not gone. Yeah, we're, she's going to come back somehow. I will say this. If she does not come back, then we know it was either they were unhappy with her or she was unhappy with the show. Hmm. Because no actor that wants that was a series regular does not want to ever come back. You know, like I mean, a yeah. perfect example is the show Arrow, um, which Laurel Lance, one of the main characters from the beginning, first season was not. They had problems with her, not the actress, just the character, and then they turned into an alcoholic, and that didn't work, and they're finally bringing her back. But now, then they killed her off. Spoiler alert: she killed off last season, but she's still in the universe, and they f- keep finding ways to bring her back because they like the actress. She works well on the show, so it'll be interesting to see with her how much she's coming back and if there was uh, behind-the-scenes drama, if it were. Mm-hmm. Because I've never heard problems with this actress before. You know, actors yeah. that are difficult. You hear about it before. Uh, I never heard anything bad about her. Nah, neither so. are fine. Uh, that makes me excited to the fun because I, I just even I don't need to, it doesn't need to be a salacious answer but it'd be just cool even from the executive producer. Yeah, just, just from a story. I love standpoint. I love that kind of stuff to hear. Yeah. I think, honestly, you know, as much as we want to hear a story, or I think it was just we've written this character into a corner. We don't know where to go with it. Yeah. You're kind of in the office all the time. We don't get you off into the field. we got to mix things up because it's getting stale. I think that's, you know. And they and they handled it the best way. They didn't kill her off. No. Because they could have the done that. Guy. They turned her into the bad guy, which then opens up complete branching storylines, which Very is true. a great way to – they could have killed her off and then – that's lame. That's that's an easy writer's way out. Yeah. But nope. they didn't. I think they're going to bring her back, and I'm excited. Uh, quick prediction. Do you believe we'll see her again before the end of the season? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I do. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the MacGyver After Show here on After Buzz TV. So, of course, you can always like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hop in the chat. Thanks so much, everybody, for being in the chat here. Uh, The MacGyver Show will not be airing next week, so we'll be back on for the next new episode. We'll be back breaking that down. But if you want to continue the conversation with us even after the show is over, Mike, where can they find you? You can find me at Mike Kalinowski. Oh, my goodness. And he also does uh, DC Movie News, DC Character Corner. I have been a little... uh, out of it with my DC movie news. I'm uh, working on a TV show right now. I booked a role on working a TV on show. The docs. Kind of turned me into a, <laughs> a, a recurring character. So my schedule's been kind of. I've been finding week by week that I'm doing more episodes. So I've missed DC movie news. I'm, I don't think I'll be on it this week. So I apologize to you guys if you watch this and you watch me there. But uh, hopefully I'll be back soon. But it was good news. So I'm working. On Absolutely. It. And I assume as it gets closer to the air date, you'll be. Uh, sharing. I will talk about. It. I can share what show it is and stuff. I love it. it. I bet I can convince Mike to tell me after the show's over. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Uh, but, folks, you can follow me on Twitter at Jackie. Folks, we'll see you next time. Uh, there's a new MacGyver episode here on the MacGyver After Show on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.